Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to another fabulous episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I believe it's episode 42. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And you are correct. It is episode 42. And I'm Sam with Bowser Consulting. And in this week's episode, we get to talk to the fabulous franchisee, Carrie Heyman of Family Ventures out of Charleston, South Carolina. Now, for our listeners, our new format has 30 minutes episodes. The conversation with Carrie was so awesome that we went a little long. So if you feel the need to pause in the middle, do so. But uh, why don't you check out how Carrie tells us how she got here and the amazing reasons that she has kangaroos on her stuff. Take it away, Stevie. Let's see. Welcome to another great episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. Our guest this week is the fabulous franchisee from South Carolina and Family Ventures, Carrie Heyman. Carrie, how are you doing today? Hey, great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's absolutely our pleasure. So we like to start most of our guests off with what seems like a really simple question for me to ask and usually becomes a very hard one for you to answer. So here you go. Can you tell us your story? How'd you get here? Oh, wow. Hit me with the big ones right out the <laughs> gate. <laughs> How long do I have? <laughs> uh, well, I actually started as a pizza maker back in 1988. <laughs> long time ago. So I started out in Redcliffe, Queensland, Australia, um, but it actually was Silvio's Dial of Pizza back then. If you know the Australian story, we started out as Silvio's and we actually bought Domino's in Australia and converted in 1995 or 96. I was a franchisee at the time. So I started out um, with the brand Silvio's, which was the first home delivered pizza in Australia. And uh, the first store that delivered a pizza was actually not far from where I um, grew up. So um, I, my first job was actually when I was 14, I used to slice bread at a bakery. Um, and that was the coolest job ever. I still to this day can't eat bread that's a day old, except for American bread that seems to have this special ingredient that keeps it soft for an unlimited period of time. I like eating fresh bread, fresh donuts, all that. That comes from my bakery days. But two things I learned from, from working in a bakery. One was um, how to stock a Coke cooler. And still today, it absolutely drives me nuts when I walk into a store and all the bottles aren't to the front and the labels around the same way. It's like my OCD off the chain when I see that when I first look in the store because um, I was taught the Coke cooler's got to be full to the front so people know we sell Coke and we'll sell more Coke than if we have an empty fridge. So that was my my owner of the store taught me that first day. But also um, if you ever have to slice bread, you you have hundreds and hundreds of loaves to slice. So you got to uh, save steps and know how to do all of that because a bakery mainly sells bread at six o'clock in the morning. So 
my job was to slice a lot of bread in the morning. So you cannot, you can't make the bread go through the slicer any faster than what it's supposed to because you ruin the bread. Um, so I had to learn how to get the twisty ties ready and the bags ready. And apparently I was the fastest at doing that. And so I was the um, head role um, when I was 14 doing that. But then my brother poached me to this place called Silvio's to make pizzas. And um, we only had five different pizzas <laughs> and I had to learn them all before my first day. And he said, you won't start. I'm going to test you if you can't get all of the toppings right. And so I had to learn it all. and I was you know, so nervous on that first day that I was going to get one wrong, but I got it all right. And, uh, you know, we were so busy doing five grand a week that, um, you know, we used to have to pre-make our Supreme pizzas ahead of time. Uh, so that was my first job on the day was to pre-make those pizzas. And um, I fell in love with making pizzas, I think, from that very first day. And um, funny story about that, actually, is that Don taught me the whole process said here's how you make the pizza it goes in the oven when it comes out you cut it give it to the customer so I thought every time an order came through I had to do that whole process in the afternoon and I'm putting the pizza in and you know I'm waiting for it to come out I'm cutting it and it starts to get busier and I'm like how the heck do I do this whole process myself and then he comes over to me and says Aunt Carrie you don't have to do it all I was just showing you that's the process and I was like okay got it <laughs> But I was trying to do it all. Uh, it wasn't really that busy back then. But, you know, my brother had us scrubbing walk-in seals with um, toothbrushes and you name it. We did it all. Um, and that was a great grounding. And uh, I kind of worked my way up through the company. You know, um, back then, it's not PC to do it now. But once you reached a certain age, you were too expensive. You had to now get on the road. So I started being a delivery driver, running shifts. Um, they kept approaching me to be a manager. And I, I always said, I won't be a manager because those guys don't have a life. They stay up till all hours. <laughs> they never get to go out. They never get to do anything fun. I, I won't ever do that job because the people that I saw above me in those roles, I think one of my managers actually lived at the store at one point back in the day before, you know, <laughs> COVID and all that. But I, uh, I didn't actually get into what I wanted to do, uh, and that was to um, become a professional actress. Kind of makes sense now, doesn't it? <laughs> So I, you know, finished school and um, wanted to go to college, went for my application and um, I forgot my lines and there was a lot of people applying for that course. And obviously, because I forgot my lines, I immediately failed. Uh, it's the first time I've ever been that nervous that I forgot my lines. And they said, we'll come back next year. And I was 17 and um, they'd offered me a, a position as a manager of one of the busiest stores in Australia at the time. And I, so I took the role and I said, I'll do this for a year um, and see how we go. And then I'll come back and I'll, I'll apply at college again. And then um, I was making more money than I ever dreamed of. You know, um, we grew up in a fairly modest income house where money was always a, a struggle. And I started to see that, hey, there's, there's something in this. I was having fun. I think I resigned probably three times. I remember clearly one of the moments where uh, we'd had a really bad night. The computers had gone down and it was a very high volume store. And I was out the back of the store just crying my eyes out saying, Don, I can't do this. I can't do this. And he drove down and did his whole speech that he does. And um, thank goodness for Don. 
because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if, he, if he'd given up on me. And I think there was another time where someone burnt my store down that I was like, someone we wouldn't serve pizza to was late at night after we'd closed and they, they ended up burning our store down. It was closed for a couple of months. So that was really hard to, to do as well. But that taught me early on the importance of having someone in your corner that won't let you give up because it doesn't really matter what you do. There's always going to be some thing that's going to be a challenge that's going to be so hard that you just don't know what to do. And you got to have those people in your corner who know that uh, you're the right person for the job and, you know, there's much more to it and this is just a phase and you're going to get through it. And I think that's probably what grounded me in what I do now. You know, people always say that I'm a positive person and I always inject energy into the room. And, and that's, I think, where that came from is, is very early. Um, you know, Don particularly was a, a big role model for me. And also my mom, who's a very positive person. She's a very forgiving, patient, fundamentally believes in humans being good people and so I think between Don and I we really picked up that skill from growing up with my my mum she's an amazing person and I think we both have that same kind of outlook on life because of her no matter no matter what challenges happen which is helpful when you operate a business where there's hurricanes all the time and you know the current operating environment with COVID uh, you know it's just another challenge to face when a lot of people were giving up and feeling helpless we were looking for the ways that to navigate our team through it. And that all comes from that, that grounding. I kind of worked my way through DPE for about 22 years, watched the company grow from, you know, 30 stores up to, I think it was like five or 600. But by the time I left operating in multiple countries, I ran the corporate store business, which was 150 stores. And back then there just wasn't anyone running that size of business to benchmark off. And we were making half the company profits for, for Domino's Pizza Enterprises out of the corporate stores, which is unusual too when you run corporate stores and they're, they're losing you money. <laughs> but we had a really good model, really good people that are all still there today being successful franchisees. And um, it kind of got to the point where we were a publicly traded company and Don and I were brother and sister. And that was always a sticking point because I was being paid so well. And so we realized that we kind of had to do something about that. And so um, that was when I decided I was going to franchise, which was something I'd always wanted to get back to. I actually had a deal on the table. We were almost done buying three stores uh, in Australia. And then uh, the news came that the operations director in the UK was leaving. Don had just come back from a trip to Europe. And he said, you know, this is a massive opportunity for you. You can always franchise at any time, but you should really go and see the big wide world and, you know, see what Domino's is all about on the other side of the pond. And um, you can always franchise. So went and did that and that was huge because after running corporate stores and uh, in Australia we didn't really have multi-unit owners back then to then going to this huge dynamo of a brand in the UK where the franchisees had like a hundred stores as a franchisee and I'm just sitting here going what the heck can I offer these people you know I'm just this young Australian girl who just knows how to make pizzas and <laughs> you know these guys are millionaires and um, they don't even really need the corporation. What can I offer to them? And so I learned really quick how you add value back to franchisees is by helping them give them something that maybe they can't do for themselves. So, you know, my, my learnings about how to run an efficient make line and pull a minute out and running a good schedule, um, you know, just meeting with one of those franchisees and reorganizing their schedule saved him a million dollars that year, um, which I still tell him to this day, it took me six months for you to get that meeting with me. You just wouldn't meet with me. And I kept telling you how much money I was going to save you. And then once we met and you realized, then you wanted to meet with me all the time. Now there's a solid ROI. So yeah, let's do this all the time. That's amazing. Yeah. Let, what else you got? You know. <laughs> 
But that was a really good experience because we had a, a brand new commissary there in the UK and I'd never worked with a commissary before. I'd never worked with Cantos, though. A lot of people don't realize that about me, that I was an extremely fast pizza maker in Australia uh, with pan pizza. And when I went to the UK, I had to learn how to make a pizza all over again after 22 years of making pizza. Um, and so I had Parley Gruel, the fastest pizza maker. He showed me how to make my very first hand toss. That was a really good experience and seeing business from a different point of view. And in the UK, franchisees can earn, uh, own other brands too, not just Domino's. It's very different to the rest of the world. So these guys, you know, own Costa Coffee and Domino's and, and gyms and Scotch distilleries. And, you know, like it was a, a really big awakening for me uh, in my business development, my personal development. Also, you know, the amount of travel I was able to do while I was there. Australia is a long way away from everything. I'm not sure if you know this. You have to pack a lunch when you travel to Australia. And we're on the East Coast too, so it's two lunches now, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. Being an hour <laughs> from Scotland, you know, um, I used to travel to Ireland um, once a week. You know, it was a one-hour train ride to Paris. You know, it was it was just like a whole other world. I was doing my job and I was experiencing being a tourist at the same time, going to Stonehenge one weekend, the Roman baths the next weekend, you know these super cool places but but being in the UK the weather just killed me after growing up in the sun my my body didn't like not being in the vitamin d i was sick all the time and also this positive aura that i have right now it just wasn't there cuz the sun wasn't shining <laughs> my team used to say to me it's like um you glow when the sun comes out and so i kind of got to a point where i was like i need to get to the sun and um so that's when we looked to you know what kind of business we could do and australia didn't really have any stores available at the time we looked at a couple of different markets and when I got to Charleston, it just reminded me so much of home that I was like, yep, that's where we need to go. Near the beach, sunny all the time. I don't like the hurricanes as much, but we had that kind of stuff as well, similar. And so that's where we ended up here. And now we've been here nearly eight years in Charleston, South Carolina. That's awesome. I had somebody try to recruit me to Charleston, South Carolina once and say, come on down. Your wife can enjoy the beach. Oh, that was you. <laughs> Yeah, right. And you said, no, you fool. <laughs> Especially because when you were describing the gray and the lack of sun, that's Michigan. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I, I went, um, for some reason, the only times I've ever been to Michigan is when it's heavy snow. I remember the trainers conferences. Why were they always in the dead of winter? Or maybe that was summer. I'm not sure. For Michigan. No, the trainer conferences were always summer. It's the, it's the uh, leadership stuff they do in January. And, and I couldn't tell you why anybody would plan anything in January in Michigan. I remember one trainers meeting we went to, it was snow and it was horrible. Yeah. We, we just want to share the beauty of the snow with you. That was June. No, just yeah. Yeah. It was snowing in June. <laughs> it, was, it was June. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I, when we when I first bought the business, Glenn bought Indianapolis, and he's like, "Come down for our handover." And I'm like, "Glenn, you're sending me there when it's cold. I just got back to the wall. <laughs> what are you doing?" Here, I, I've got two questions for you. The first one is a comical, small joke business question. Here you go. You ready? If Don has this speech of "Don't quit, stay with the brand," and it works. Can we set up some kind of cameo with him or maybe we just interject somebody's name where he records the speech and then we, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, please carry 
don't quit. <laughs> <laughs> that way you can go into a store and just hit play and you know. I think all of us are pretty rehearsed in that speech now. I think we all have those moments with our team where we see someone who's great and has so much potential, but they don't see it in themselves or the day just gets so hard. I mean, I had a manager yesterday who had double the sales. She was up a lot. Uh, a lot of school orders came in and she was having a tough day and we had decided to go to our pizza making times. <laughs> Coincidentally on the same day and by the time we got there she'd already reached her limit she's a really great manager and just just having a really bad day and so you know we never want to make that worse for a team member and um sometimes just a a thank you or a we love you putting your arms around them giving them a hug telling them it's all going to be okay makes all the difference to their world and i think covid has really changed a lot about everything that we do. I think kindness so much more shines through now than it ever had. And particularly as uh, someone who employs people, I think showing that you care and that they're part of your family really does go a long way because that is the overriding reason why people want to stay working for somewhere now. They want to know that the the place where they're at, um, they're more than just a number, that somebody actually cares about my future and what I'm doing. Along those lines, whether maybe it's the actress part in you that you're doing training videos or the fabulous happy meal that uh, you showed off at campus blues and we've seen online the the new employee box i sense you have a people plan or people strategy for your franchise could you share that with our listeners you're probably going to get upset with me now but i hate the e-word every time someone says it i cringe i hate employee as a word it's such a like you're my servant kind of a word I agree. Yeah, we talk about family, team member. Um, I even catch myself saying it by accident sometimes. Our strategy for our company, our overriding guiding principle is that our team are family. And so we always put our people before profit. And I think that's never been more true than in the last couple of years. But we've made decisions that if they didn't work out, it actually would have taken us backwards. But we believed in our team and so we invested in them. So everything we do every day is all about our training program for them how to get them earning more money, how to get them being a better team member, how to get them accelerating into bigger and better roles. So it's all about the development of that person. Uh, We teach a crazy amount of training classes. Um, We teach a lot lot of manager training. We've done um, supervisor training recently. Our pizza college is at the forefront of everything that we do. We know if we can get our managers through pizza college, they're going to stay with us because we get to have that impact on them. But people want to learn, people want to train, and people want to get into those bigger roles. Like that's a fundamental human need, I think. And if you can provide that in your business, you're going to have some really strong, great, talented people. And I think don't be don't be scared to lose people. You know, if you have uh, managers graduating to want to becoming a franchisee, that's actually a really good thing. That's a sign that you're doing something right. You know, I had that opportunity. I would never want to deny anyone else of having that opportunity. I think if you've got your culture right, you're going to produce a lot of franchisees out of your your team. If you think of all the really successful franchisees over time who who we've looked up to, you know, people like Frank Beeks, RPM Pizza. I mean, how many people have they generated into the system? You know, every other person you talk to started at RPM in some way, shape or form or Team Washington, right? Like they all come from those dynamos. And, you know, I want to make sure that we're one of those too, that we're, we're producing franchisees and supervisors and, you know, providing that growth path for people just like what I had. Yeah, I think that's great. You know, one of the things that I've seen and that you've been 
just amazingly open about and sharing are these training videos that you're doing and you're sharing them with other organizations. And for me, one of the things that has always been great about Domino's Pizza is that we're highly competitive. We want to be better than you, but we're going to share all our secrets with you. And then we're just going to out operate you. So I think it's it's amazing that you're putting these training things together for folks and you're doing it. And the fact that you're you're doing training classes and the whole university thing, there's no question at all why your company is called Family Ventures. It's obvious to me that you do treat your team members like family. And I got to believe that that does great things for your retention and for their excitement to hit the metrics that do hit the bottom line. And the fact that you say people before profits, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a franchisee and, and investing hundreds of thousands of dollars into restaurants and wanting to make a profit. But the fact that you put your people first, I think is probably the reason why you're able to make a profit and still look at yourself in the mirror and be very proud of what you're doing. Absolutely. I, I, I think there's a lot of people who are in business who think that you have to, um, cheat your people or, you know, you have to operate a certain way. And that was something that my brother showed me time and time again, is that you can be very successful and very wealthy with integrity and people appreciate that. And the fact that we keep our team so long, I mean, we, we've got, Charleston is, uh, should be the most disloyal team member market in the US, you know, it's, it's a high tourism market, which, which means that uh, you've, you've got that ebb and flow of hotels hiring and, and firing. Um, you've also got the highest amount of millennials concentrated in one place in the US. And, you know, as a workforce, they tend to be not as loyal. Um, and yet we, we're going against all of that and we're keeping our team because they, they feel like they're a part of something which is really special. And I've, I've never had a problem sharing anything that I do because that's how I learned. People have always been really gracious and, sharing their business and opening up their business to me. And I think that's what makes Domino's Domino's. There are a lot of people who won't do that. And I think that's really, I don't see how you can move forward doing that. And ultimately everybody's in a different place. So I can be sharing my training videos with you, but you're not in the same place my business is and you don't have me. (laughs) I'm I'm giving it a different slant than what you're going to give to it. Neither is right or wrong. They're just different. Everybody has their own way that they do things, but I have seen a lot over the last year or two, um, you know, just looking at the GM best practices, the kind of desperation coming through the pages with young managers who maybe um, they just have one store or they don't have the tools or they don't have the training abilities or maybe they're a long way from the other stores, you know, they're a remote store and they just kind of lost for what to do. And just seeing that kind of desperation just breaks my heart. So if, if our videos can even help one manager feel like they've got a tool and they can get through today you know they might only have one driver and not know how to do anything else but that that video just helped them get inspired and invigorated and they can have a great day then it's all worth it for me because as a brand if we're strong then my business is strong you know it's it's no good terry's business being great and the rest of the stores around us not doing well if everybody's helping each other and doing well, then the brand stays strong and, and we get we keep getting stronger and keep staying number one. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I, you, you know, you mentioned the GM best practices page and how sometimes it just makes me sad to see some of those posts. And I think, you know, you sharing those videos is along the same lines of why Drew and I get out of bed every morning and do what we do. I, you know, obviously we charge for our services and we want to make money, but my mantra is, I want to help young general managers have as much fun with this brand 
that I was able to have over the last 35 years. And it just makes me sad when I walk into stores or I turn on that Facebook page and I see people just fighting the good fight, but but just struggling and not having any fun. I, I, I mean, our, our cheer, for goodness sake, is sell more pizza, have more fun. And I, you know, I, th- I think we've done a great job during the pandemic of selling more pizzas. There's no argument about that. But I think, I think we're, we're dropping the ball mightily as leaders and making sure that our people are having any fun at all. And I think you're doing a fantastic job. And, and thank you so much for doing that for your team. Thank you. They, they don't know what they have. <laughs> well, it, right? Because the only, perspective, the only perspective they have is what they have. You, you know, I, I, I'm working with a client next week who is a new franchisee and he's going into his first store and the franchisee he worked for, for 30 years, this guy invested everything he had back into the business and he had beautiful stores. And now this, this young franchisee is in a store that has been nothing but neglected for the last 10 years. And it's just a whole new world to him. And I'm like, you know, this is what most <laughs> people are dealing with. You know, you, you were working in Disneyland and now welcome to the real world. Well, that's what I felt like when I left my, my brother's business. Cause I, you know, I'd grown up with him. Uh, that's all I knew. And then I'm out in this big wide world away from that company and everything that, that Don had built. And it was completely different. And I got a whole new perspective on what I had. And, you know, I, I went back to him later and said, you know, I probably should have thanked you a bit more. I didn't realize how good I had it, you know? <laughs> Um, and now I'm trying to recreate that in in my own team as well. But um, there's a lot of managers coming through Domino's who are brand new to the brand. Um, you know, you saw that at Campus Palooza, how many people had never been to one before? How many people had never been to a rally? They've never got to experience the joy that, that we have um, growing up when the brand was small and it evolved. Um, it's just this big monster now you know you just open a store and and the sales just come you know we were around the days where you had to go door knock every house in your area to try and get a customer to buy off right and um you know all the fun that you had with with all of that kind of stuff so just trying to get people to see dominoes through our eyes and you know i always give people who come into new into dominoes into leadership roles i always give them a copy of pizza tiger because i think that story is really important if you if you call yourself a dominoid you need to know where dominoes came from and you know, my copy of Pizza Tiger is filled with a million different post-it notes and it's still just as relevant today as it ever was when it was written. But it's it's our job to make sure the next generation of dominoids knows how the business got to where we got to because we can't keep learning the same lessons over and over. We've got to learn from the past and create the future through the learning of the past. Yeah, Tom kind of knew what he was doing. He did. He <laughs> did. But you know what? He was just doing it off intuition. That's right. the crazy part. It right? is. He just learned as he went. But he went through a lot of pain learning those things, just like, you know, all of us have. You know, I've had my bad times in Domino's where I thought I wasn't going to make it. And so looking to the past and, and looking to the fundamentals of what makes a Domino store a Domino store is going to get you through that. And having people around you who, who lift you up, you know, surrounding yourself with people who maybe you're at the next level, not at your level. Because I think as humans, we, we find... Um, sanctuary in misery sometimes <laughs> you know i'll have my three friends who think it sucks just like i think it sucks and then we all feel great because we all think it sucks but we're not going to go anywhere <laughs> we need someone that is in our ear going what the heck are you doing like this is not who you are this is not going to get you anywhere this is what you need to go do and you know even still today i have my circle of, of dominoes people that i talk to on the regular 
who completely take me out of where I'm at. And even when I'm still doing well, they make me go and think a whole other, they make me feel like I'm not doing enough and I've got to go do more. And then I they could completely change my trajectory that day by talking to those people, but in a positive way. You need people who challenge you and motivate you like that. Along those lines, let's switch gears just a little bit. I love that you just mentioned that you've got a circle. It seems to me as I get on Facebook that you're trying to pay it forward a little bit and help create circles for the younger folks. And you've put together a really nice Facebook page called the Women of Domino's Pizza, I believe. Tell us a little bit more about that and why that's a passion for you and and why you think that um, in this unfortunately man-based world that women need and deserve some more support and the support that they can get on your page. I never felt like I had a destiny to be uh, a feminist or anything like that. That's definitely not me. I think I just have a passion for developing people and leaders. When I can see a need there, I want to help. You know, when when it seems like it's so easy for me and they don't need to be going through that struggle, I want to help. And that's always been my passion from day one, male or female. I think it's just one of those things that happens that being a female myself, I've always had an unusually high amount of female managers and supervisors in my team wherever I've been, which in Domino's is not the norm. And I think it's because they've been able to see me being a parent, having young kids, doing Domino's. Um, just doing myself, just like if you're, you know, a bodybuilder, you seek out Ronnie Coleman and Arnold Schwarzenegger and all those people. And if you're a tennis player, you look for tennis heroes. I think people look to identify with people who are like themselves and there just really isn't enough of those people in dominoes. And so I think just having been around a long time and being as public as what I am, I, I was getting a lot of requests and a lot of feedback and questions and, um, you know, I just felt like there was a big hole there. And and females just in general, for whatever reason, just don't tend to have the same kind of confidence that males do. I don't know if it's how we're raised or, or that we feel like we can't speak up or we don't want to look stupid in front of people. And honestly, when I restarted that page, I hadn't, I hadn't realized it was going to grow so fast in such a short amount of time, but I also hadn't realized how the conversation was going to go. It's a completely different animal than what I thought I was doing you know I was trying to just create this networking space and then it was just so amazing how people just started posting about themselves and um and everyone was interested in everybody's stories and then you know leading into the rally one of the girls saying that she was transitioning between roles and she had no team to sit with at the rally and then a ton of people replied back who don't even know her at all Hey, what's your size? We'll get you a shirt. Come sit with us. No problem. Even though they're not going to come work for that person. And, you know, people going on there saying, look, I'm just an assistant manager and I just want to introduce myself. And then like 20 people going, are you kidding me? You're the most important person in the store um, and building people up. It's been a really inspiring, positive, you know, everyone wanted to meet everybody. We had to quickly put together a meeting at the rally. And that was insane with all these people. We didn't really have a plan. We're just like, come meet us. And next thing we know, it's just turned into this thing. Um, so my dream with that is that next year we can have an actual event that is specifically for mentoring and sharing and everyone can meet everyone. And I think already people have started to meet other people. They're like, oh, you're in Texas. I'm in Texas. Hey, we should meet up with each other. Because that networking thing for anyone in business, anyone in management is, is a really important thing. Being able to establish that network of that's a person I can talk to now if I have an issue or I need help with something. And that's what Domino's is always great at. But people don't always know how to do that, especially when you're a young manager. You don't really know who to talk to. You've kind of got your franchise. And that's 
kind of where you stay. And if you work for a big franchisee, you might not even have that. You might be just kind of in your region with your supervisor. So it allows people to branch out, get information. You know, people were asking about franchising. I've been able to get that information depending on whatever country they live in, resources that maybe they didn't know how to find or get to. Uh, so it's, it's turned into this whole other thing. But it's not just for women. I mean, we, we set it up that way. Anyone could be on there. There, there is quite a lot of men on there. I'm, de- I'm interested in developing leaders however they are. It just seems like that, that seems to be the need. Yeah, to that point, you know, you were kind enough to reach out to me and, and show the page to me and uh, it actually invited me in. And I just love going to that page and, and seeing these young leaders post pictures of themselves and saying, you know, hey, I'm Sue, I, I do this. And it just seems like such a safe, warm, inviting place where young women can go and just get all kinds of support. And I just think it's amazing what you've done with it. And I, I love how it grew. And, you know, you talked about that, that post of I'm going to the rally. I don't have any, I saw that one and, you know, (laughs) I'm married, I've got a wife and I've got a daughter. And I just thought to myself, man, I hope my daughter hitches her horse to a wagon that has a support system like that page, because it's just simply amazing. And I think you should be very, very proud of what you've done with that. And anybody that's a part of it should be very, very proud of how they're all supporting one another. I think it's just amazing. I, I mean, I only instigated it. They're they're doing all the interaction, and it, it's kind of self feeding. But it's just so amazing to see, and it, it definitely was surprising from what I what I thought I was uh, doing, and just seeing you know all these twenty year old female managers who are doing all this badass stuff. Like I didn't realize some of these people were doing some of these things, <laughs> running big um, companies for their franchisees or their family. And uh, the fact that they can have a network there and they can just talk to each other. Um, I mean, there's just been so many great moments. I can't even think of them all right now, but there's been so many moments where I've looked at the page and it's just set me up on a whole different direction. So I'm glad that that we have that there and um, I hope it continues to grow. I'm looking forward to hopefully setting up a, a meeting next year and making that like a part of the Domino's calendar. That would be great. Partnering with Campus Palooza somewhere for the GM. So we've talked a lot about people and, and, and the networking piece. I want to ask a kind of weird question and I didn't queue up. So if there isn't an answer, we'll just cut this later. That's fine. I love weird questions. Cool. So, so here's, here's the thing. I know what kind of culture you have in your stores and we had talked about, they don't know what they've got, right? Well, they know it because I'm going to guess sometimes people leave. So is there somebody you can think of that they left and they came back? and just totally blew it out of the water for you? Yeah, yeah, that's happened over and over. Because, you know, my tough time I went through in Domino's was 2018 to 2020 when I was here as the franchisee. We grew really, really fast. And we would uh, take our managers who weren't handling bigger stores and putting them into smaller stores. And eventually we got to the point where there wasn't any smaller stores to put them in. And uh, I, I clearly remember Boost Week 2018. We, first of all, we had the snow in January, which we've never, we don't have snow in South Carolina. It came out of nowhere. We had snow and everyone's like, what do we do with this? And people did not want to work. And it was bad because we already were under capacity. Then we had a Boost Week a couple months after that. And I never forget that week. I had five people resign in one week, my key, key people. They said, Kerry, I love you but I love my family more. I'm just not getting enough time with my family. Like I can't see an end to this. And that was 
heartbreaking for me that I'd got my team to that point that we just was so underutilized that they felt like they had to choose between their wife and me. Um, I lost that. Um, <laughs> but those people were still really, really good people. And, um, you know, this is a mistake I think a lot of young managers make is when someone says they're leaving, they almost take it personally and it's like they're dead to me now. Losing any person that has, you know, 10 years, five years of skill is a big loss to the business and to the brand. And if they're not leaving in a bad way, which most people don't, then, you know, everyone's on their own personal journey. They deserve the right to come back. And I, I know people make mistakes and I, you know, some of those people were just really, really good people that I never wanted to lose in the first place. One of my current supervisors who's kicking ass is one of those people who left me a couple of years ago and came back. One of my managers who uh, is, is running one of our biggest stores in Charleston left me um, and she's come back and she's, she's going to have a huge career ahead of her because she just wasn't in the right space at that time you know, having young kids, we were putting a lot of demands on her. She had to make a choice. She loved dominoes. She wanted to come back. When she did come back, she did it times 10 because the energy was different. She realized what she lost, what she missed. She realized she's a dominoid at heart. You know, we, I, I always give people a second chance in that regard, unless they stole from me or did something really horrible. You know, they deserve the chance to come back and prove it. And, and a lot of people do. Dominoes is a very intense, fast-paced, business sometimes we think we have to get out when actually all we needed to do was take a damn holiday <laughs> you know like i've had people quit and then they have a week off but then they're bored and they're like actually i just needed a holiday <laughs> we're totally going to name this episode just take a damn holiday yeah. that's what it's going to be called <laughs> yeah right. you know people come to me they're like i, I think i want to leave i'm like why don't you go take a week off then let's regroup and see if you feel the same way. Cause I think sometimes we just get bad at doing that. You know, I, we let our guys cash in their holidays and sometimes they do that to pay bills and stuff. Now I make them keep a week in reserve and make them take an actual holiday because, um, you know, our, we've got managers who are parents. They need to see their family. They need to see their kids. I want them to go have experiences, take some rest. It's not a badge of honor to work a million hours and never go on holidays. You know, that was us back in the day. I got a nice big paycheck when I left my brother's business because I never used to ever go on holidays. Um, that was a really nice paycheck. I liked it. You do need to spend time with the family. It's it's very important. And we we encourage that. We are family ventures. We used to be open, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas Day. We used to give our guys big incentives for all of that. I learned very quickly how important it is for them to have that Thanksgiving day off because it's leading into our busy season. And so if you don't give them that time off, they want to leave you come, you know, late December, January, because they, they missed out on all the family stuff. So we, we, all of our princes are about family. And so uh, I've had to change my belief system a little bit from being the person who's always open, always open, always open to there's sometimes when you just have to do that, where you have to close that day and, and let the team have their family day and not stress about the store. And well, I think that's really important. I mean, I grew up in the, we're open 365 days a year era as well. And I think in today's world, where today's workforce values their time much more than I ever did, uh, first of all, I think kudos to them for doing that. I wish I would have done that more. But gosh darn it, I'd rather be open 363 days and kick ass those 363 days. And keep my team happy. Yeah. Yeah. Then be open 365 days and have people be miserable. So I, I think you're onto something. Hey, I want to ask you kind of a silly question. <laughs> We've got a mutual friend 
who actually made a trip down to Australia, I think while you were still there, Mark Watkins. And Mark and I used to, used to do pizza prep school together. And one of the things we always showed in pizza prep school was your brother's video on how to handle the rush. And he would talk about eliminating the bottlenecks. But in today's world where our team members are just enamored by swag and enamored by hat pins, in that video, you mentioned a hat pin that Mark and I could never figure out what the heck it meant. And that was you could get a black rock platypus. Oh, you remember that at all? I have. Uh, yeah, I have. I'm looking at my woods cupboard right in front of me. I have a diamond platypus. So Don used to do all this really cool stuff uh, until he started having way too many fast pizza makers and they used, to, <laughs> they used to get expensive. Like the one I'm looking at right now, the diamond platypus is actually a bronze Domino's hat. They used to dip the hat in bronze. I've got it right in front of me. I'm trying to remember what the Black Rock one was, what he used to give out for that. I think um, the more important question is, why a platypus? <laughs> like I, I get the Black Rock and the diamond. I understand the levels of the platypus. I actually have the badge here. I can send you one because he used to give us the ones they stick onto your shirt. Oh Once you gosh. achieved it, it had glue on yeah. the back. And when you'd iron it on, it would stick to your shirt. I have them right here. I can send you one. So, so, um, so tell us the history and the, and the, uh, of the platypus itself. I mean, not the animal. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I have, you know, I have the kangaroo, right? We have a story behind why we have the red kangaroo. It's not because I'm Australian, believe it or not. It's not. So 2020 pizza, which was Don's company, um, his emblem was the platypus and he tells this whole story and he can do it way better than I can. I wouldn't do it justice, but the platypus is this animal that's kind of shy and lives in the dark and it kind of just achieves things without you being on the radar. Um, and so he, he has a whole story that he tells about why he made that his animal for his company. I think he said later in the day, later in the plan that it probably wasn't really <laughs> where he wanted to end up, but, at the time, it was a great story, and so everything had this platypus on it, just like all our stuff has kangaroos, and everyone's like, what the heck is with this kangaroo? Like, all the, uh, my American designer who designs all my stuff, like a month into designing stuff, he's like, I have to ask, what the heck is with this kangaroo? <laughs> like, I keep doing all this stuff, but I need to know. And then once we told him the story, he actually started creating better stuff for us when he, when he understood us better. That's awesome. So, so what's the kangaroo about? <laughs> So um, I had I didn't have anything Australian in my business at all. I wasn't trying to impose my Australianisms. Um, but we started to go through that tough time in 2018, and we were sitting there figuring out who we are, and you know how do we get out of this, and what do we do? And it was actually Jay, who's my head of operations now. He said, "Kerry, why don't you have any of your Australianisms in the business?" And I said, "Well, you know, didn't want to do that." And he's like, "But that's who you are. Like you're trying to hide the most special part about you and why we work for you." you know, we love all that about you. And he's like, is there any, is there anything in the Australian history or, you know, any symbols or anything that symbolize, you know, coming from behind or, um, you know, we call it the Aussie battler, you know, um, I'm trying to, I can never think of it. What you guys say, the person who comes from nothing. And the underdog. The underdog. Yeah. Same thing. I don't know why I can never remember that. And I said, well, that's the Australian red kangaroo. If you, if you look up the story about red kangaroos, they are the, the, the toughest, most badass animal on the planet they survive the harshest conditions in the world they live in the australian desert um, where there's no food no water for months on end and they survive and and they thrive um, and they they have like a whole way that they um, mate and make babies and create 
that's that's just an amazing story if you ever want to look it up. But they go from having big herds to shrinking down because a lot of them die off and it's survival of the fittest. Um, And even their mating process and everything is all about the biggest, um, baddest kangaroo who can fight all the other kangaroos. And then his his gene pool is the one that makes it through because he's the strongest. And um, they just keep coming back for more despite what the Australian climate throws at them. And yeah, we were like, you know, that's us right now with back then going through all of that, the issues we were having with our people and just trying to figure out how to get out of that. It was like, that's us. We're the story of survival and we're going to make this and we're going to look forward in five years and we're going to say, oh, my God, that stuff was horrible. We never going to go back there, but it taught us a lot of lessons. And, and to be honest with you, in my 34 years in Domino's, I learned the most um, between 2018 and 2020 that I ever have in my whole career. I learned a lot about myself, how much I can tackle how tough I am you know I almost lost it all uh and I was going through a a marriage breakup at the time too that was really tough and um that was the story that that you know it it signified who we were and it's just become ingrained in who we are now like the boxing kangaroo is you know us coming out fighting and wanting to be the best absolutely awesome I love it all right we are winding down I've got one last question for you we ask all our guests this so think about from the day you started kindergarten until just yesterday, who is your favorite teacher and why? You know, Don's always in there somewhere. He's had a very big impact on my life. <laughs> He's taught me a lot of the basics that I've just kind of taken and then ran with. Um, pretty much everything I do started from working from him and that, you know, in his franchise. And doesn't matter what country I'm in, they it transfers across everywhere. Um, that fundamental belief in developing people and loving people came from that. I used to have this school teacher at school who was, uh, he used to teach math and uh, he was really, really hard. Like back in the day when you could throw things at people, (laughs) he was the teacher that when you lined up, you lined up straight. You didn't look him in the eye. You didn't want to create attention (laughs) because if you were doing the wrong thing, he literally would grab the duster back when we used to have chalk walls and stuff. Um, He would literally peg it at your head and you wouldn't miss. Um, you, you always paid attention in his class, but, you know, he, he kind of, he was a nice guy on the inside. Uh, he was just having a persona for kids. And if we had more teachers like him around today, I think we wouldn't have some of the problems that we have. He taught discipline, but also respect, I think, for um, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, be unwavering in what your standards are and people will come along the journey with you. You know, kids that would misbehave like crazy in other classes would n- not dare do it in his class. And, you know, my um, my thing, if you said, you know, tell us about Kerry, what are some of the things she believes in? Everyone would tell you I'm an absolute uniform. <laughs> like, nothing gets past me. You know, that's my thing. I can't stand it. I can't even talk to you if you've got a uniform violation on while I'm talking to you. Like if you took your hat off in the middle of me talking to you, I would lose my you know, having that really high standard and your team's always going to lift up to whatever your standard is. Uh, I think um, a lot of the time with the frustration that, that managers have about uh, staffing right now is they let things slide because they think that that's the right thing to do and they don't want to cause confrontation with the team member. They don't actually realize that they're robbing that team member of an opportunity to create something special and to be proud of where they work and the uniform that they wear. And that's actually what team members want. They don't want to be working for an easy manager. They want to know what the guidelines are. They want to know how to be the best. They want to be proud of where they work. And uh, I think when you wear a great uniform, 
that's the start of it. You know, if I see a manager with a dirty, sloppy uniform, I know they're not dating product. I know they're not running a good store because it emulates from everything. If you can't even get dressed today, you definitely can't run a store. So yeah, that's that's probably the two people that he made an impact on me when I was very, very young. And then uh, Don has made an impact and continues to make an impact. And, you know, he runs so many stores now. He's always providing all this amazing insight that I just, I wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. Yeah, he's... um we were uh, fortunate enough to talk to him on the podcast about a year ago. Um, and we've been going back and forth. He's going to come on again, which is nice. But I love it that you talked about your math teacher and how he wasn't easy. And typically when we ask this question, the people that, that resonate with folks, the people that made an impact, the people that they say had the best impact on them were never easy. And they always had high expectations and they always held people accountable. So uh, I just absolutely love that. It's funny because my um, ex-managers and stuff from Australia who are now very successful franchisees in their own right, I was really tough on them at the time and they hated me sometimes. But you know, I don't know if they just got old and lost their memory, but you know, they say, you were one of the best people we ever worked for. We miss you. We, you know, we miss having you in our lives. And I'm like, wait a minute. You ever said that when I was there? <laughs> <laughs> right. Even some of the franchisees, you know, when I left the UK, they used to give me such a hard time, but I was so unwavering and I was like, no, this is what we got to do. And now when I talk to them, like, you're the best uh, officer director we ever had and we miss you. So I'm like, you were, you guys were total douchebags the whole time I was there. <laughs> Why didn't you ever tell me you loved me when I was there? <laughs> right. You know, I was the same way with, with one of my favorite teachers from high school. I saw her on a plane about two or three years ago and I made it a point to go up to her and say, and I know I was a total pain in your rear end, but you are absolutely one of the best teachers I ever had. So yeah, it's just hard to say it while it's in the moment. Nobody likes to be disciplined or told that it's time to grow up and it's time to take responsibility, but we're all grateful that there's someone in our lives that does say that. You need people who don't blow smoke. You know, I, I try and surround myself and my team with, with people who aren't yes people. They th they're free thinking, you know, that can get challenging sometimes. <laughs> Because they definitely tell you what they think, <laughs> but it challenges you to to do things differently, and you need that. Everybody needs that. Hey, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us on uh, this interview. We had a great time doing that, uh, and we wish you nothing but success in the future. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, so that was just an amazing time with uh, Carrie Heyman. Uh, down there in the Carolinas. Carrie, thank you so much. We truly appreciate it. Uh, just all kinds of great stuff in there. It was really cool to hear how she explained the people piece of it and how important people are. And I know, Sam, as we keep doing these guest interviews, it's amazing to me how much people keeps coming up. The franchisees rarely want to talk about food or labor or service. They just talk about people. Yeah, because if you've got the people, then you can run food, labor, and service. And if oh. you don't, you, you can't. can't. That's amazing. Uh, and, well, you know, before you land the plane, yeah. I'm really looking forward to my Black Rock platypus. I know, right? You get the Black Rock platypus. I, I don't, I, I might, if I can sneak it when I'm down there, I might snag a picture with it. There you that, go. That would be amazing. That would be. Right. Share it with me. I will. Thanks so much for listening to this slightly longer episode than what we'd like to normally do because it was so awesome. If you don't already do it, please like, share, subscribe, follow us, rate us, rank us, 
tell all your friends, get your family on. It's fine. Let everybody know to come to Drew and Sam talk training because I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I'm Sam with Fowser Consulting. As always, gang, go out and sell more pizza. And have more fun. That's all, folks.